Um, so thanks for all being here. Um, I'm going to uh, move that the election of the chair moved to the end of the meeting and that we approve the agenda that Marcus sent around um, as amended. Do I have a second? So, Councillor, I think we want to start with uh, item, item eight. Okay, perfect. New business. A, RSTBC decision. Um, who would like to speak to that? Would you like to, Mark? I think that's probably a wise thing to do procedurally. Okay, so moved. Second. Thank you. I'm in favor. I think that passes. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so with the agenda, I circulated two staff reports uh, that Tassel's Council considered one in I believe, and then one more recently regarding um, the decision by Rex Heights and Trail BC um, to not approve the application under the Forest and Range Practices Act to construct the trail um, under the current design for, uh, for a number of reasons. And um, so, I, in I think the May report, I included uh, some options for at least for Tassel's Council's consideration. Uh, past council, uh, their resolution from past council was to connect with the other stakeholders and uh, uh, and basically consult and you know come up with a joint decision to, with respect to how to respond or move forward. Um, so I think that's you know kind of what, if I'm not mistaken, brings the society here today is to kind of consider. Uh, the, the range of options and, and presumably take some decisions or not, um, but at least you know, it is that sort of fork in the road that needs to be addressed. Uh, there is um, the reason the ministry staff are here, and I have been meeting or talking with ministry staff very regularly recently uh, because the village passes this $200,000 in rural dividend funding that we're sitting in basically an escrow account here. Um, and you know, and, and that money uh, was uh, earmarked for trail construction uh, by the ministry. You know, both the former minister, Minister Donaldson, the current minister, Minister Conroy, and ministry staff have been extremely uh, flexible with respect to that funding that it could be used for other economic purposes. Uh, but uh, before any decisions are made by Tassel's council, I think. To, to want to do, and obviously it's the right thing to do, is to consult with the other partners that have been involved with the, the project since 2015. There's much else to say at this point. There's a uh, Julie has her hand up, so I'm gonna ask her to speak <coughs> if she can. questions really and maybe there's some people on the call here that can answer that so um first of all kind of start off with saying um village council as well as villages Vallas council has um went through, and thank you mark for for forming it in such of a way that um you know the pros and cons were laid out clearly and that um you know we had something to work with of course there's lots of unknowns still for example um not having representation from either uh, Mount or he had a set shake hit fills me with some mm, hesitancy on saying much of anything even in this meeting because I know that that trail runs through the traditional territories of both of the oh I think most of it's in a had a set territory anyways um so thanks for laying it out like that uh village has has discussed it the village council has discussed it and i think we um knowing what we know at this point are kind of most comfortable with three and four with options three and four so those being um the um um, the multi-use um, using the route proposed by 43K in 2016 or researching op options for a hiking lesser um, kind of um, impact on the lands 
you know. Um, I do think that a lot of the work that has been done has been done considering ATV and multi-use, um, you know, as that's kind of what we decided on. Um, I'm This question I have then is that in the route that 43K um, suggested to us in the, or proposed to us in their report, is there anything in that that is higher than a 67% slope that would, because that's why we're here discussing is because there's slope and landscaping issues with uh, the trail that... Um, um, uh the other contractor sorry excuse me it was me no yeah i don't know i'm getting my no, it was... i don't remember what it was called either yeah <laughs> the main road i that's not it no thank you for that uh the answer is uh we did discuss it with on-site engineering and I believe we may have discussed it with Rexites and Trails. The the answer is that uh, it's actually worse uh, the slope than that. So um, it's not really a viable option. And that option was written in May before we had a chance for on-site to conduct this desk review. And I've subsequently talked with on-site engineering. And so it really isn't a viable option. Okay, so that was my first question. Can I ask another one? I think so. The allowance of people here. Okay, so um, you, Tassis, has 200,000 kind of earmarked in this spot. Um, and I know that they've said, and it's really, you know, not even probably my business to ask, but do you, I know that you've got it earmarked for this project. Um, rural Dividend is not a fund that's even happening anymore this was granted before they before they pulled back that rural dividend fund so if it's not used for this um and and fairly soon is kind of i would think because it's been in your hands for quite some time is there a is there um you know uh will you have to give it back essentially is that you know or use it for, for a completely other different other project um i think i read in one of the reports that that was kind of where you were going with it because you've got it earmarked for economic development and you've got other economic development kind of um, progr programs going on or projects that that you'd like to pursue so where where are you guys with that well maybe uh, Bridget or Sarah can, can answer that. I mean, I know what they told me, so maybe they can share it with the group. Yeah, I can certainly jump in. Um, I'm I'm part of the group that uh, continues to administer projects funded under under the Rural Dividend Program. Um, initially, of course, when it comes to rural dividend criteria, the hope is that we can have projects complete within a two-year time frame. Um, so as much as we can, we encourage recipients to uh, identify projects that can be completed hopefully kind of sooner or later so that those economic development priorities can be realized. Um, in the case of this project, of course, those timelines haven't haven't been met, which is we, uh, we understand. Um, the circumstances are kind of a bit of course, outside of the control of, of uh, those implementing the project. Um, so we definitely are able to kind of work with, with um, we'll say the recipient or the group to determine the best option moving forward. Um, we would hope to be able, if, if it moves into the realm of, of kind of new activities or a whole new project itself, we would still look at those types of activities or the type of project that's uh, proposed still aligning within the scope of the real dividend criteria as it was um, at the time that the project was funded. So um, there is some flexibility, of course, uh, but essentially we'd still hope to be able to come up with some activities or a project where there's still that very strong focus on economic development. Um, but there is, of course, uh, we're, we're definitely able to kind of support uh, the group in working to develop an option that best fits. Does that kind of explain? 
thank you for that. Okay. <laughs> Definitely hopeful. I think that we, um, at least my understanding for the village of Tassis is that we want to try to find a way to move forward with that money so that we can apply for more money on something else. But uh, also just so that we can show some uh, traction with this project because my understanding, even though I've only been on this board for two years, is that the sort of connecting route to Zabalis has been a 30-year dream that someone had that we still hold. So, um... Is there any other questions? Jonathan, I see. Just, um, uh, Mayor Colburn's other comment about lack of representation from the two First Nations. I saw Roger Dunlop initially sign on, so I don't know what happened, but uh, Roger's the, the uh, uh, fisheries and lands manager for the Mountain Mushlet. They were, and I did on Friday or over the weekend, connect with Darwin, the new economic development uh, manager for the Much Much Lit as well, and sent him the, the invite. So they did, he seemed to be expressed interest. Thanks for noticing that. I did see Roger briefly here also for a minute. Um, Bridget, you were going to say something? Yeah, thank you. I was just going to pop on to. Um just to add to, to Sarah's comments that we're happy to, like as regional manager in the rural development unit, I'm happy to work with um, the group here and, and the communities involved. Um, if there's different, um, you know, brainstorming uh, that comes out of this conversation, I'm not sure if, if today's gonna land with the next steps that, um, you know, mark, kind of marching orders. It sounds like probably not with, with certain folks on the line that are, um, or certain folks missing from the conversation today. Um, so yeah, happy to be, be part of those conversations as you're looking uh, looking at other ways to, to use the funds. So that's a big, you know, um, looking at other ways to use the funds seems like uh, the society is still trying to move forward with this project uh, in some way, shape or form, right? Um, but it is, I guess, the village of Tassis's money because we were the ones that were successful in the grant. So there's sort of a, a way to move forward with opening those spaces uh, at the time that the capacity exists for the First Nations to be involved. I know that uh, I know that Roger's very busy. Um, I'm on uh, another board with him. Jonathan, did you want to say something? Yes, please. Yes, please. And I apologize if this is going over ground that um, this group has covered many times before. Um, and I'm coming to this as a um, uh, as a new person. Is there a route between the two communities that has or has been indicated that would receive approval from the uh, is it the RS RSTBC? I'm not sure. Um, does anyone have any answers for that? I know that there's been a few routes proposed, um, but I understand that they're both very steep. So there's a squirrel on the deck outside, and the dogs are going bananas. I'll put the um, right. I can answer that. I can answer that question. Probably you allow me. Please, thank you, Mark. So the process, yeah, the process, uh, and Robert can speak to this as well as as the regional manager. Is that um, it's hard to answer that in the abstract because there, the first the first part of the question is no, no other route's been proposed, and then there's a very formal process under the Forest and Range Practices Act. Um, just to give you some idea, the application we submitted with over 300 pages, including all the engineering work and so on, right? So it's there's a it's not a simple process. Uh, it does take a considerable amount of uh, time, effort, resources, and technical expertise, both engineering, environmental, and otherwise. Uh, so it's not simply a case of looking at a map and, you know, kind of seeing what might be there or doing some recce work in the field. It's fairly more, it's much more labor and resource uh, intensive. Um, so the short answer is no. I think one of the options um, 
so that's the hiking and biking um, with the uh, the on-site route. So that was the route that we had previously submitted with the 300 pages. Is that correct? Option four in councils may uh, may stop. Yeah, May third. Okay. Um, go ahead. I see another question, Jonathan. Yes, I was. I was just going to ask, is there some indication um, of what that route is? I haven't received any uh, map um, uh, references that, uh, that, that identify these routes going from one place to another. So can you give me some idea of where that hiking and biking route uh, would run from to, please? Yeah, so from Tassas, it runs up the extravagant main yes. uh, to to the end, up past the Coral Caves, and then there's a, the new construction basically is a connecting route that would link the extravagant main to the Little Zabellis main at the headwaters of the Little Zabellis River. It's a steep draw of about six or 700 meters, and that would be the new trail construction, and then it runs from the Little Zabellis main uh, to the village of Zabellis, generally speaking. That's the general route. Go ahead. I can see you. And, uh, and for clarification, that effectively runs sort of up and over the top of Mount McKenna. Is that right? No, I don't believe so. I, would, I think probably if you want to talk about the route, Jonathan, we can take this offline and I can give you more details on it. Yeah. And so are we saying that to move forward with the hiking and biking of the 600 to 700 meter connecting extravagant main to uh, past coral caves and onto the little Sabalis main, that would be, you know, uh, uh, a way to use this money and also that would be like approved by forest and range practices? Is this something that is like, the path of least resistance for us? We're talking about uh, trying to move another kind of trail, whether it be like a hiking, uh, horseback, uh, some sort of trail like that. It sounds like there's a, a much better probability of us pushing us ahead, uh, as I understand it, to continue on, on this tack would require us to do more engineering, try and find an alternate route. And knowing the area fairly well myself, I don't think that's a possibility. I think it's going to be a non-starter. We're going to throw a bunch more money at it. It's going to take more years. And uh, maybe we will lose some, lose some of our grant funding along the way. But I can't see it proceeding as under the original terms of an ATV trail. So I think our options here are to either look at having uh, a different kind of use of the trail or starting from scratch and trying to find a new route for probably a hiking trail and knowing the area fairly well myself i think that that would be problematic because parts of it would have to be on old logging roads parts of it involve cliffs there'd be a lot of engineering involved and i'm not sure it's the best way for it so just to put in my 10 cents worth right here i, I think the best way is to move with the route that we have, but to uh, take ATVs out of the equation and, and go to more of a you know a passive walking route, or horseback, or mountain bikes, or mountain bikes. Sorry, I should have said that right off the bat because that's that's the, the new sexy thing these days is mountain biking trails, and I think it would be a huge draw for that. We already had people this year that were coming through that wanted to do the trail, and we said, well, it's not really quite there yet. They had to take a boat around to the ballast to continue their trip. But, but I think that's the most viable option without us uh, throwing a lot of money at it and uh, basically starting from scratch. I, I know when I was elected three years ago, this was all in place and we were just waiting for the permits to go through pretty much. And, and they haven't and it looks like they're not going to. And here we are three years down the road and how much longer are we going to sit on this without making a decision? So, uh, Shannon? Thank you. 
I want to say that one of the reasons I took this job was because I was excited about this trail. So I'm really glad that we're having this conversation. Um, from an outside point of view, I really don't see moving ahead with the ATB concept at this time. Perhaps it could be revisited in the future, but I do think that the appetite for the biking and the hiking is certainly there. And with the thousand kilometer North Island Trail, we've seen an influx uh, this summer in Zabalas of people on their bicycles. And in fact, the man I spoke to yesterday in Port McNeil told me he has biked that road and intends to bike it again. The one of the things I would um, wonder if it would be considered if it was a hiking and biking trail is um, the addressing of electric bikes only because I come from an environment where the hiking and biking trails have seen issues uh, with the speed of the electric bikes and if part of the issues uh, with the uh, hope of an ATV trail from what I read in the report is speed limits in certain areas and what they need to be reduced to just if that element anybody has considered that because some of those bikes go about I know the one I rented went 30 kilometers an hour. So I would just throw that out there as something that does need to be considered for uh, the biking element. Well, and that would be a way to have like a motorized element uh-huh. still with the hiking and biking, because uh-huh. I know that that's one of the, I mean, I'm, I'm not as uh, spry as I once was. So I definitely, would, <laughs> I would need that support, but I think yeah. that, uh, you know, uh, I don't make mean to make assumptions, um, but it's sort of what I do best. And I think that the general consensus is that we, what I've, I've been listening so far is that we will move forward in any way that we can, right? We really want to, um, um, really want to have uh, this trail go forward Mm-hmm. as a hiking, biking, uh, multi-use, you know, call it what you want. We want to have it go forward. And I know that from the the, the right-of-ways that we were able to get to make this route um, a- an application, there were things too, like um, camping or pit toilets or like other sort of developments that could be utilized or, you know, s- s- you the money could be used to build and uh, and I don't know about how much with the connectors, 600, 700 meters, if it's under a hiking auspice or whatever, like if we call it a hiking and biking trail for this connector, how much like do how much do we need to change the application that we've already submitted? Right, I guess is because it, it to me, multi-use is was pretty open ended and I. And I think that, uh, you know, I just, I just want to see something move forward in a way that we are going to be able to, um, to celebrate an opening of a trail, even if it's slower or, you know, uh, less maybe what we started as. So that's not really a question. (laughs) Sorry. Um, does anyone else have anything to say? Sorry, oh, sorry, Oh, I I can't put my hand up because we're using our speaker phone here, so I'm sorry. Um, the, uh, two, just two points maybe to bring to the group's attention. First is, with respect to both the hiking and biking options, uh, one consideration is that, you know, the majority, like the vast majority of this route is on, on logging roads that are, Within the TFL, respective TFLs, and under tenure, um, and so Don't they are. Um, and so, I mean, those are uh, something to bear in mind that there are other road users um, that use those logging roads, and they have priority. Uh, second, uh, and the ministry's disinclined to double tenure, um, you know, uh, those the roads. The second point to um, mention is that. Prior to even getting to this point, initially, uh, the respective partners uh, spent some time and money on doing some business case development and looking at the economics of the, the trail uh, to see whether it actually would be a revenue generator for the respective. 
respective communities and which they would just, I mean that's what lies at the heart of it is to see whether there is actually you know a financial advantage to doing it and so prior to making a decision is something that the group may want to consider is whether or not they want to spend you know do that as well to see whether or not there would be a return on investment if money was spent to develop the trail for whatever other users are there's a lot of anecdotal information out there but there's been no studies with respect to whether there's a market for the hiking Well, and, and even how would the communities make that an economic development? Like, at least from the ATV standpoint, you stop, you get gas, you, in the community of Zabalas or Tassas, and then you drive the other way, and then, you know, the gas station gets a few bucks. But I don't know, uh, with the hiking and biking crowd, um, if, you know, if it's an e-bike, then you're, you're going to have to have electrical plugins and and that would be like maybe a per use charge and that would be something like a business case that needs to be made for that kind of infrastructure which we haven't really explored as of yet i was i was under the understanding that it was like a a campground and a pit toilet was maybe going to be this sort of starting space of the trail going up the logging roads uh towards uh, like up the little sabalis or or up the extravagant main um, and having some sort of staging for that, like uh, the, the official start, like how we have for the official start of the um, birding boot, uh, great walk kind of thing. Like there's two sort of boots that represent the beginning and the end of that route. And, and you know, when I look back at the business case of the great walk, that was something that, um, was the first of its kind and now there's many and now there's not many people who are signing up to that hiking and biking route because of the circumstances that now there's other options um but what would be involved like to make that business case that you're suggesting mark like have we we already sort of done that from our side of the trail and no okay well and I don't know, I guess, jumping at any time, I don't want to fill up the space, I just want to sort of feel like there is, in my perspective, a lot of studies that have been done, but not a lot of actions that have been taken, and I would just sort of want to see, uh, I don't know how to make it so that a hiking and biking trail can be uh, economically like I I don't understand how we can charge people to ride their bikes on a logging road because riding your bike is inherently sort of free activity (laughs) Um, but I know uh, Jonathan you you have your hand up thanks go ahead jump in yes uh, I approach this from the uh, events perspective and if you want um um, some indication about how you make this kind of thing pay um, you put events on and you base your events in your local communities and you engage with event imaginative event organisers uh, and you bring staying tourists in who stay and pay and play here you go, hey there you go how about that? That's how you do it. Okay. Well, then that would sort of like make a case for more of the sort of hospitality end, which um, is 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 being cried out for. And even in these COVID times, there are ways that you can put these kind of events on uh, and keep people at their respectful distances and still make a business out of it. Okay. Well, I I think that um, obviously there's more sort of meat and potatoes work to be done on that end of things, like with like measuring the interest, I guess, um, by... Go ahead, Julie, you have your hand up. 
So, so the village of Zavallis, um, about the same time that we started this project, so years and years and years ago, and of course things change, markets change, um, uh, appetites change, right? So um, I know that this was all started kind of as that ATV um, kind of exclusive because once you get ATVs, you know, um, then that's kind of your main market. Um, there is a SWAT, Strengths and Weaknesses, Opportunities, there's a SWAT that the village has of Zabalis from, I think, 20, I'm going to say just said 2016. Um, uh, we did a um, study, an economic development study as part of a different project and that was included a um the epic ride they called it and it was a bike trail from zavallis to ukleji so with the new chatlet first nation so there might be some pieces in there that may be valuable of course as i said markets change you know things like that but i'm just trying to think of things that we already have kind of in our back pockets that may help inform um, we could look back um, to that study and see if there was any good indicators of what that kind of revenue generation could be. Um, it's an old study, though. I still think there would be a need for, you know, feasibility, um, business case kind of scenario if we were choosing a, a biking trail. And just from what I heard on our last call, I know that there was possibly an appetite. I can't speak for him because he's not here, but I think that there was an appetite from um, Donnie, who is a representative of the Hedisit Syndicate, for more of like a coastal kind of trail because these, these trails, well, not the trails, these logging roads may not provide that um, viewscape that some people are are looking for so you know there's still a ton of stuff to consider and i just i just want it to move ahead i'm so we're so it's frustrating to come across this many barriers and obstacles when you know we just want to get it going and and get some not only some revenue but some exposure and open this area up for people to see and be in and look and come in and visit you know so um it's been a really it's been a really frustrating kind of process i'll just kind of put that in there so yeah feasibility study i don't know if um the the dollars that um tasis suggested putting forward so the 5,000 from each group could go towards that um, I'll definitely float that past um, you know our council and uh, not that we want to just keep throwing money and throwing and throwing money at you know if we come to terms with some kind of plan moving forward and that's what it takes as a feasibility study or a um, business case then um, you know we can discuss that at our, at our representative councils um, know whenever time allows so that's my piece yeah the society did receive uh you know money from the village of sabalas and the village of tassis um just to sort of have that seed money in the society's bank account but i'll pass it to mayor davis to say something sure thanks um i just want to pose a question like maybe this could go to to uh rec sites and trails is uh if we decided to rescope this project to be a hiking and biking trail, what would then be the requirements? Does anybody able uh, to? So it's, oh, Robert, it's Robert here. So I guess the question is uh, for me here. Um, the, re the requirements for uh, the, the process of applying for uh, authorization would be the same. Um, we would have to uh, receive a complete application package with a description of uh, what's being proposed and including all the uh, required assessments and engineering requirements and whatnot. Um, the, uh, the difference uh, being that uh, a, a hiking 
a trail uh, can be built to a different standard than uh, what was proposed in the past, which was a four meter running surface, right? The trail that was proposed was, was basically, you know, it looked like a logging road, which has a lot of engineering uh, uh, challenges. So hiking trails are easier because we all know what they look like, and especially if they're backcountry. If you're uh, talking about a biking trail, a biking trail actually has a, a gradient that, that's less than uh, a road. Uh, a road can be built up to uh, 15%. Some of the, the previous proposal had sections up to 25%, which is extremely steep. But a, a, a biking trail, if it's a climbing trail, can be no more than 10% grade, because otherwise people have to get off their bikes and start pushing. And that may be okay if that's, uh, um, you know, if you say you know you can you can ride your bike for 40 kilometers, but you'll you know you'll have to push it uphill for 800 meters. People might be okay with that. Um, so that depends. Uh, the answer is it depends a bit on what you're proposing, and uh, and that's very much uh, dependent again on the on the terrain, the terrain where we're in right now. What we're looking at based on the previous application is extremely steep and very challenging to to build uh, to build a trail in because just you know we can't change geography and uh, avalanche paths and, and uh, soil types and things like that so that's kind of the challenge we're facing if i could does that mean that we have to reinitiate the whole process and have it re-engineered with, with that in mind Uh, the, the I I don't know I don't know what uh, you know what what the, uh, the kind of idea is that that uh, you would have and I think that be a question that's better suited to the uh, engineering consultant. I'm not an engineer. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to answer that. What I would say is that the standard for a single track trail is different than a standard for a motorized trail, and so yes, there will be a need to. Uh, to re revisit what is there and to see what uh, you know what is what is still useful and, and what needs to be changed. And, and as I said, I, I don't have you know the engineering experience or expertise to uh, to answer that question. It's just that my concern as a mayor is uh, uh, if we change the scope of this project, do we also have to go back to square one? Because certainly we do if we want to continue to advocate for this as an ATV trail. And I'm not convinced that could go ahead anyway, knowing the train. And uh, especially these days with hopeful landslides, they're really talking about flooding. You know, we could build this thing and have it blow out in the next year. But um, I, I'm just wondering how much more money we need to spend because we can't take any of this grant money, uh, this is my understanding, and use it to uh, re-engineer this trail. So we are going to have to put more money into this one way or another in order to make this happen. And personally, I, I want to spend as little as possible and get something out the door because this has been going on for years and I, I don't want to see it go on for a lot more years. Maybe, uh, Mayor, maybe the ministry staff could answer that for assumption, just to make sure that it's correct. So there's a... The mayor said that the rural dividend money could not be used for uh, engineering work to rescope the, the trail project. Is that a correct assumption? Um, if I'm understanding right, so it, it could, we do allow for real dividend funds to be used toward kind of study or assessment work. Um, so it potentially could be an option if you're looking at um, a, an engineer study to, to look at other options. Um, is, does that answer the question? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, sort of. <laughs> well, I mean, Mary said that um, that the, the money could, the real dividend money could not be used for that purpose. And I think what Sarah's saying is that it potentially could be. Yeah, it, it would be good to have a, a clear answer to that. 
because our, our decision may be contingent on it. And Mary, Mary Davis, were you thinking just because the um, original application was more for capital costs, is that, is that where you're thinking that studies wouldn't be allowed? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm just coming from the point of view of our village that we really want something to happen here, but we, we don't want to have to put a lot of new money into doing this process over again and possibly having it turned down again. We, we, we just can't keep bleeding money like that. Meanwhile, there's what a $600,000 total sitting there that, that we can't do anything with unless we spend more money. So I, I'm just trying to figure out how we get there without spending a lot more money. Is it, can we use some of this money towards the rural death debt? I don't think I see. Well, I, I think there's, if maybe I can just make a couple of comments, if I may, Councillor Fowler. Please. Um, first, uh, well, the other money that Mayor Davis is referring to is about $400,000 in Island Coastal Economic Trust money that is uh, notionally is committed for this project. it to Roger after I ask this question about with the money that we have from rural dividend at nice tea if we move forward with a subsequent FERP application under a new scope and the scope being a smaller scope that costs less to build we would maybe still have capital funding to actually build it because one of my concerns is that we waste all of our money studying it instead of actually building it um, because I've just seen sort of this happen a few times uh, in other ways and uh, thank you. so Roger's shaking his head at me and I'd like to pass it to him thank you so much for coming Roger put me on the spot well <laughs> I've never been involved in this group so I'm seeing if I should be I guess I got an invitation but yeah they spend more on engineering than the original cost of building that road was to Zabellis on that trail in, in my experience in the time I've been here but hello I'm uh, Roger I'm a was a biologist for the tribal council for many years decades actually and now I'm a lands manager for much living gold river so hi uh, I figured this would have to be about that trail so I thought I'd snoop but I tried to get on earlier but our internet's really bad so I came home and then I had to talk to the forest practices board but here I am thanks thanks for coming I uh, I see another sort of hand go up. Go ahead, Jonathan. I was waving at Roger. Oh, okay. Um, so with the change in plan, like uh, obviously we're always going to try to talk to the nations as it's their territory that we're trying to move forward with as an economic development program. But I see the rescoping and the subsequent FERP application as the path forward. You know, like I don't, I don't know. Is that a hand up? Go ahead, Julie. <laughs> so curious if anybody can answer me about timeline on a FERP application because um, there. Uh, has been a lot of time spent on those applications and waiting, um, you know, uh, already. Just wondering if anybody can um, give me a reminder about how long our FERPA application took or what a future one may, uh, what that timeline could possibly be. 
Yeah, I can speak to that. It's Robert here. So uh, currently we're processing applications that were submitted in 2018. So I'll just give you an idea of, uh, of uh, kind of the backlog that we're facing in rec sites and trails. The Tassis to Zabalas Trail uh, was treated, uh, gave it special priority because of the complexity. And so um, we, uh, you know, the review involves uh, a lot of uh, specialists time uh, just because of the complexity of the trail. Uh, I'm not sure we could necessarily do that again. We have a number of other uh, proponents that are waiting for answers on their projects. And so we'll have to uh, we'll have to see how the, it, it depends very much on how the application comes in. Uh, from our perspective, it's a, if it's a completed application that's signed off by professionals, all the assessments completed, the First Nations are in support, and. It's a, it's you know it's a, it's a package that's ready to move forward. The decision could be easy, but if it requires a lot of review work uh, from from us, uh, uh, issues around conflict resolution and things like that, it becomes uh, very difficult for us to uh, you know to give it the uh, the level of attention required. As I said, because we we have you know other proponents that are waiting for their answers as well. So yeah, so. I'm not sure if that answers the question, but I, I think if you have a, I, th I think if I can summarize it, if, if the application is complete and signed off, turnaround times could be quicker because we might be able to prioritize it because there's a lot of work for us to do. But if it if it comes with a lot of strings attached, it becomes very difficult for us to uh, to commit to a time frame. Thank you for that answer. And I think that with our experience already that we already have, um, you know, kind of with those applications and also the um, very clear, concise kind of, uh, you know, answers back that this is what we require. We require these pieces to all be put in place and all of these things to be ticked off and, and um, maybe don't have uh, the time to spend uh, considering your backlog, then that's really good information for us to have. So thank you for that. Also, if I can just uh, echo what Robert's saying, it also requires a lot more effort, resources, and time commitments by the proponents, right? So, we have, for example, we didn't do archaeological studies, we didn't do an environmental study, environmental assessment. Uh, there's other components to the application that we did not complete for the proposal that went forward. So, more convenience does, it would require more effort and more resources and more time. And that, can I, Sarah, can I continue for a Please, second? Just yes. ask another question, or not even a question, really. It'd be really interesting to have, um, you know, I know that it had us at First Nation, it had us at Chinook at First Nation, um, has a, a really good lighter program going on right now, and it would be really interesting to know if any of that kind of information that they're holding about their territory um would be helpful to us in this um i think i brought it up a little uh, the last meeting but um as i said um you know before that's a key piece that's missing you know um for myself we can you know um, make decisions all we want but if these are projects that are happening on a territory um that the uh, nation, you know, um, is not a part of the um, conversation, then I'm, I'm really hesitant about that. You know, um, I don't think that that's appropriate. Um, yeah. Does anyone else have any input? And if in, the chiefs are in support of this, it's no problem moving it through our referral process, which is me. I can put it on the top of the pile. I don't know where you guys are at with the Hattasit. I can't move that along, but I don't know. They're, you know, they had big concerns about who was going to look after and maintain it. So mm -hmm. it's a steep hill. I actually did the, uh, the engineering work back in the 90s to deactivate that road and pulled all the culverts and bridges and everything out and uh, made it all non-erosive. So 
that's a big you know concern especially in the winter I, I'm not sure where you are with the how to sit on it where are they on board or just there are concerns that need to be addressed in terms of erosion and the fish and then there's clean up of the garbage and the beer bottles all that kind of stuff kind of like right I know that in previous applications there was sort of like hope that the society that I'm a part of here would be sort of the uh, first recruit for volunteers and guardians, you know, because also like you said, there's cleanup and there's also brushing so that the, the path is more clear, but there's also elements of emergency response. So that would be like a search and rescue sort of land based thing. and people do have accidents or need support um in the backcountry that would be one of the concerns and these concerns are really um important to think about ahead of time but also i find that uh um we won't know all the concerns until we start hiking and biking on the trails uh, will, more things will come up I've got a, a face, a surprised face. Do you want to <laughs> say something, Mr. Davis? Yeah, no, I, I'm not surprised. I, I just missed the raise hand function. So, uh, <laughs> um, I guess I have to point out that Ahadassah uh, and were already on site, is my understanding, with the original scope of the project, of what we need to get permission for from them regarding it is the change of scope to hiking a biking trail and hopefully that would go ahead now i did hear some things round about that there was some criticisms within the band of there being an atv trail cross crossing their land so you know opinions are, are monolithic i mean it's a group of people and uh, not everybody would would have been on site with the original plan but I think we're more likely to have people on side with, with a hiking and biking trail because it's more passive use that doesn't involve, you know, noisy vehicles and uh, potential issues with that. So I, I'm making an assumption here, obviously, but I, I think it might be easier to, well, easy to, to change the scope in terms of getting permission from them than, you know, like trying to force this other thing forward, which may eventually uh, fall apart anyway, given the, the weather we get here and the steepness of slopes and all that. So that, that was the only comment I was going to make. That's interesting. I didn't know you had taken that change of direction, and that's interesting. People could actually stay overnight in Sabellus if they would be too tired to ride back. <laughs> That's a good point too. They're slower moving, uh, they're, they're using more energy, and they're, they're more likely to stay in places than somebody that's, you know, just ripping through on an ATV, because an ATV can go a long ways in a day. Yeah, and that, I think too, builds the economic development case, right? You know, because then it's not just a, a tank of gas that you need to pass on through. It's sort of the the servicing, you know, water, if you have an electric bike to plug in overnight, you know. Uh, Shannon, go ahead. I just like to say that one of the benefits of not having it as an ATV trail is that I personally from what I've seen, do not feel that the village of Zabalas has the capacity for parking for ATB trailers. We have a huge issue with parking. We have a huge issue with compliance. I really don't see um, as much overnighting uh, accommodation use with the ATVs as I would with the bikes and uh, ATVs. And frankly, our staff doesn't have the capacity to manage um, adding on to our parking issues. Yeah, I know that we also have a, you know, adjusted parking capacity, uh, as is in our town too. So it's sort of mirrored on both sides of the mountain with that, and and you can park three or four bikes in a a car parking spot. <laughs> um, Correct. So that's uh, definitely a way to look at, uh, you know, 
uh, the, the capacity of that. And I know that uh, Don Cox, the president of the society, who was not able to make it today's meeting, he does uh, work with the Hattasat Syndicate and he has reached out to them as a, a champion of this, uh, trying to move it forward as a hiking and biking trail that would be more appropriate uh, in terms of, you know, the the guests that we're hosting on on these lands and these um, and these places. Um, we're getting to an hour. Uh, does anyone else have anything to say? As we, I feel like the general consensus that I'm hearing is that this uh, stakeholder group is interested in moving forward on the subsequent FERPA application and trying to. You know, hit hit the right um, marks with uh, hiking and biking trail. Am I safe to agree? Is anyone else say something? I might just quickly jump in. Um, just I know there was a comment about you know, can real dividend funds be used towards studies? And maybe I should just kind of clarify. We can definitely um, look at drawing up. Uh, a request to purpose funds towards studies if there are additional kind of um, engineering work that needs to be completed or assessments. Uh, and maybe this is kind of where the confusion came in is that real dividend funds where they can't be pur purposed is if it was a situation where the funds are being used to support um, the development of kind of permitting or legal documents. So that, that could have been where the confusion is, but if it's looking at just kind of say, if you need to do certain engineering assessments or um, any sort of kind of study work in order to move forward towards that eventual uh, development of a permitting application, that's where real dividend funds are a go. Okay, that great. provides more clarity. It does, I think. I, one of the things that I had understood was that um, the, speculations on the money was that it couldn't be for like having the right of ways like getting those like you know legal um documents in place but if it was about pursuing economic development study or those sort of things then that would be something that would be in correct yes awesome well i think that the path is getting clearer <laughs> through the mud um anyone else It's Robert here, so I was wondering if I could make a final comment. Um, Please. Uh, when, when, if, if the society is looking at non-motorized use, a non-motorized non uh, tourism proposal, um, the uh, standard to which uh, a trail would need to be developed is it's it's much lower than for motorized, as in it requires less. Uh, less digging in the soil and therefore uh, it's easier to engineer because you're not disturbing the soil over such huge areas which is what uh, what the previous proposal was was a very significant impact to the slope um, if you make if you build a hiking trail the impact is almost negligible you have to manage a little bit some around uh, water management and erosion management if you want to build a biking trail it's uh, it requires more uh, you know more digging because of the, the gradient issue uh, if you uh, want a uh, somebody on a bicycle or an e-bike to be able to ride up uh, a climbing trail as I said there's some requirements around the gradient which is usually less than 10% and there's some requirements around having uh, uh, some recovery areas on the trail so it's not just all the way steep up but there's some areas for people to catch their breath as they're riding their bicycles those kinds of uh, those kinds of design criteria uh, are well known by uh, consultants that that are specialized in designing non-motorized trails, and there's there's quite a few out in the province that are very uh, experienced and capable people that would be involved in building, for example, trails in Whistler or Squamish or other places, right? So uh, there's there's quite.